0: You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Well, hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. And the Locked On Network is growing like crazy. You know, you need to check it out. If you're only listening to mine, you're, you're selling yourself short. You got to go and find a great podcast for your favorite team every day by the local experts on the biggest stories of your favorite Chiefs, Chargers, whatever. It's the number one daily sports network in the world right now. And one of the reasons is because we're growing so fast is bringing on people like Mike Sando, my old buddy from ESPN.
0: How's things going with you, my man? Things are pretty good, Matt, other than the fact that uh, we lost power today. And, Ooh. you know, minor inconvenience for me because, seriously, like, within two minutes of losing power, I heard sirens. So I, I'm assuming somebody hit a power line or something, and I hope they are doing, uh, okay, this is just a minor inconvenience for me. I'm at 71% on the battery, so we should have plenty of time. But like me, you work from home, and if yeah. you don't have power, <laughs> well, that makes
1: things difficult at times. I'll be
0: uh, maybe at a coffee shop here pretty soon. <laughs> okay.
1: yeah. All right, all right. Well... <laughs> I the top one of the topics I wanted to bring up was one of your colleagues, Bill Barnwell, and I haven't read it yet, but I'm going to read it. I'm actually when I'm on the elliptical machine when I'm done here, was kind of reviews where we're at with the top with the rookie quarterbacks, the five first rounders, and a suggestion you had, which I thought was this extremely well. You and I are both the GM of the Giants, and mm-hmm. we know what we know now. You know, we have that that you know we're fortunate enough to know those things. And yep. the draft is going to reoccur. Baker Mayfield goes first, and we're on the clock. So it's yeah. dilemma time. What do we do?
0: It's a great. It's a really a great question. It mm-hmm. was one we, uh, me and a couple other guys, had to answer on uh, ESPN.com this week, and I've actually discussed it with a couple of other people too. I think it's a great question that really puts you on the spot because. We can all talk about quarterback value and oh, taking a running back second overall. You got to set up your franchise at the quarterback position, passing league and all that stuff is great in theory, but you would much rather have a great running back than a bad quarterback. Yet we don't know how good or bad these rookie quarterbacks are going to be. We know a little bit more than we knew on draft day. And for me, Matt, None of those guys has been so good that I feel like I have to take one of them over Barkley or even Bradley Chubb if I wanted a pass rusher. Um, Mayfield excluded, why, though, yeah. correct? Uh, Mayfield's excluded. So, okay. Yeah, our our exercise assumes Mayfield's off the clock at one yes. or off off the board at one to Cleveland, so we're back on the clock with the Giants, and our basic decision is you can have anyone else who was in that draft besides Mayfield. What do you think is the best move for the Giants? And for me, what we've learned this season is, you know, Eli may not be done. Would you give me that?
1: Yes, but I wouldn't have six weeks ago.
0: Right. Um, But
1: I think I can live with him for another year and draft somebody. But that's also part of that muddies the waters, though, because it's not like there's going to be 10 guys to pick from, especially if you keep winning games.
0: September 28th, I looked it up in my notes. I was talking to a GM about teams that were in trouble or not, and we were talking about the Giants, and he said, you know, this is just seeing a couple of their games, this is the type of team that can get, that could get hot. It could be a surprise mm-hmm. team that makes a run. Well, then the Giants lost their next five games. I thought, this guy, <laughs> was just you know, these GMs make such bad decisions? This guy, but now I'm kind of like seeing what he was saying. You know, it took a while, but i th- I think that at least we feel better now about Eli than I did on week one, and I feel like you could do something there next season with him. Um, then let's I stay, feel like let's uh, stay there for one second because
1: okay. I, I I don't think you and I have talked about this, but I do think we're seeing some teams. the Raiders absolutely come to mind, and the Giants are the best example of where a new coach, a new culture took over this off season, and maybe it didn't click in week one but maybe some things are starting to click and maybe these coaches actually know what they're talking about.
0: And Bruce Arians used to say, and I would always laugh because you know it's sort of self-serving from a coach's standpoint, but, but I think Bruce speaks a lot of truth too. And he, sure. he, he said, look, he said, in general, don't judge a new quarterback uh, coaching combination until you've had about eight games. Okay. And That's if you go right. back to Bruce, if you go back to Bruce's first year in Arizona, Carson Palmer was kind of a disaster the first eight games. I mean, a lot of interceptions, you know, we weren't saying this team was going to have a nice four year run after seven, eight games. Well, but the second half of the year, Carson really had a nice run. And then he probably had about two or three really good years. Maybe even one of those years, he was borderline MVP type numbers, you know, which I don't think anyone really saw coming after the first six, seven, eight games. So there could be something to that. We are seeing Carr look a little better. We're seeing Eli look a little bit better. Um, So, you know, it's all in relation to what you can get. And to me, you know, for me, most of the rookies, most of the really good quarterbacks who've come in the league and started right away, you know, the Wilsons, the Lux, um, even RG3 before he got injured, those guys showed us a lot in the first 12 or 14 games. You know, if you go back and look at their rookie seasons... They're not Josh Rosen type rookie seasons. Darnold. I'm not right. saying I'm not saying Rosen's not gonna be a good player. I don't know if he is. But you know, just let's just look you know, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, RG three, Andrew Luck,
1: even these guys, and
0: Mariota and Yes. I mean they well, showed you know, you're, something you're, you're good because what I was reading off of, I just dialed up since 2012 all the rookie seasons uh, through game through their team's 14th game, if you threw the ball at least 100 times. And I was just reading them off in order of what their QBR was, and and so I said Watson, Prescott, Wilson, Griffin, Luck, and you said even Winston, and Winston's the next guy. In oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm not looking at that list. You've been doing this for a while. Um, <laughs> You know, interestingly, though, after that is Josh Allen, and it's all because of rushing. We can talk about that, too. But it really starts to fall off after that. After those top six guys who are all basically 60 or higher, roughly, in QBR, the next guys for the rookie year was Josh Allen, Glennon, Matt McGloin, Tannehill, Mayfield, who's climbing. You know, I don't think Mm -hmm. he—he doesn't have as many games. Um, You know, Foles, Bridgewater, Mariota. It's a little bit of a different quality of player, so— um, the seasons that these other guys are having, you know, aren't as good. Now, Jared Goff wasn't either, so I'm not saying the jury's back. Right. But I, was I think the Trubisky's, the Rosens, um, Darnold, uh, L- you know, Lamar Jackson, I want to see more, but I don't know that I'm so excited that it's a no-brainer for me to say, well, you know what, Sa- Saquon Barkley, we're cutting you. Because we really, right now, after what we've seen, want to hitch our wagon to Josh Rosen. I don't know if I would do that based on Eli maybe having a little bit left. Uh, These quarterbacks not doing so great. And who knows? I mean, there's a lot of veteran quarterbacks that they may be able to get in the next year or two or or draft somebody yet. I don't feel like they can't find another quarterback ever, do you?
1: Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. I mean, it's funny because I have Mike Renner on every Wednesday, the day before you... And he's an analytics guy in the pro football focus world. And they, he would lose his mind over this conversation. Like, he killed them for drafting Barkley. And right. you never can take a running back early. I mean, and right. I kind of was in that school two years ago. But, and some of it's because of all the Levy on Bell contract talk I had to talk about all this last two years. But the McCaffreys and the, the do-it-all girlies and Zekes I think they're a heck of a lot more valuable than the 1995 running back they used as a first-round pick on, or a four-net. So I I just think that they're offensive weapons. And if an offensive weapon is one of the best offensive weapons in the league, Saquon Barkley, already, the best running back prospect I've ever seen coming out of college, Saquon Barkley, and who I think will be the best running back in the league, hands down, a year from now, if he isn't already... Saquon Barkley, I think I have to take him and make right. Eli's life easier for his twilight years or a second round picks life easier. And oh, by the way, you're just loaded with weapons and you'll have an off season to maybe add an offensive lineman or two and the offensive lines yeah. coming around, you know, like yeah. uh, to, to all your points, like, there's some defensive players I love in this draft, but I can't take Van Der Esch or Ward, or Chubb, or even Derwin James, my favorite. There's no one else on offense to consider, in my opinion. And right. Darnold and Rosen and Jackson and Allen, I like, and I think they all have a chance. But I know Barkley has a chance, and he has a chance to be a Hall of Famer.
0: So, yeah, it's like, would you—let's re- take those rookie quarterbacks we just mentioned. We, you know, we may want to see more of them, Darnold, all these guys— would you rather play against them every week for the next three years or play with them every week for the next three years? I'm mm-hmm. taking my chances going against them. For sure. No doubt right. about it. I mean, And I get quarterback X. Yeah, uh, now. But if
1: I have you know, Eli. You would have asked it, me right.
0: six weeks ago, I would have said I want to go against Eli every week too. So, right, you, you know, a lot of the context around these guys, they all, a lot of them went to bad situations. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm 100% right, but like, yeah, I don't, I'm not speaking for Mike Renner, but I, I, don't, I, I don't like. I like to keep an open mind. I, I can agree philosophically with what he's saying, but after seeing evidence, I'm not going to like just cling to my point. You know what I mean? <laughs> me either. Uh, you know, it's like I'm not that invested in in that position to say under no circumstances after the fact. If you go back, I mean, do you think the Cowboys regret taking Ezekiel Elliott? I, I don't know that they do. I always There's, say that. You think Carolina mad about having McCaffrey? No. And I agree. So (laughs) like, like, you know, one thing that hasn't changed and isn't likely to ever change in football is you have five eligible receivers on every play, right? Yes. Who are those guys? Or I agree. We don't want a running back. Who's um, just a running back. Like, like I go back when I first started covering the NFL. Well, I was actually covering it before then, but when I was in my first few years as a beat reporter, the CX drafted Sean Alexander. He ended up having a really nice career as a running back. I wouldn't draft that type of running back in the top ten today. I mean, you know what I mean? He's not a great right. catcher. He's not a great pass protector. He's a big, huge, heavy-padded guy who is a little bit of a little bit of old school. I don't mean to slight him. I mean, but today's he fit the at, era, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he was an MVP of the league. At but the, you'd at take Tomlinson or Falk. Yeah, it was a 21 personnel league then, you know. Mm-hmm. It's an 11 personnel league now. So you have to be an 11 personnel back to have value. And I still wouldn't take running backs first overall if there's an equal quarterback, or no one's saying that. But what we're saying is we have a if we have a special back who can do a lot of things cuz this versus, case isn't equal versus quarterbacks who really ideally might be late first round picks or second round picks, right? They're just getting overdrafted because of the positional value, right? They're just great unknowns. Yeah. you don't know if the lot. Jets are unhappy with their pick or the Arizona's unhappy with their pick. But yeah. we don't have
1: any clue if they're going to pan out.
0: Right. And if you go to—this oh, is hilarious. Like, go to the 2007 NFL draft. I'm actually just—I'm just, just going to Google it. I don't even have to go to, like, official mm-hmm. draft pitch. But if you look at the 2007 NFL draft, Adrian Peterson went seventh overall. Right, and that was surprising. He fell that late. Yeah, well, the quarterbacks that year were Jamarcus Russell, right? He was number one overall. Mm -hmm. Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn went in the first round, right? Right. Um, we had Brady Quinn. We had, I believe, John Beck. Sounds about right. Kevin Cobb. Kevin Cobb went top of the second. John Beck, Drew Stanton, Trent Edwards. Those were your quarterbacks taken. So tell me about positional value again. Because you better get the right quarterback. You better get a good quarterback. Yes. And I think the question, the question this year is, who of those guys is good enough, even right now, to displace the back who has value but doesn't have as much as a good quarterback? I really need to go
1: to break, but my counterpoint to that, and I'm on your side on this argument, is... Nobody criticized the Raiders for taking Jamarcus Russell. I mean, he was like the clear number one. Of course, it didn't work out. Um, and if you, if we had this conversation of you're picking second, you're the Giants, and I can give you rookie year Adrian Peterson, I think I'd take Sam Darnold over him. And, it, and Peterson's a Hall of Famer, but it's not a 12 or 21 personnel league anymore, like you said. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Yep. I know what you're saying. He may be such a special runner that you would even consider it, but I know what right. you mean. That style of back. It's the Alexander conversation. It's the Alexander, but he's just a much better Alexander. He's a superstar, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> uh, but but then, yeah, but then yep. you
1: got to build your offense that way, like Washington is, and then it, it slows everything down.
0: Yep, I agree. Okay, I, I agree. So yeah, I think there's those are good conversations to have, but I'm just saying, uh in general, a Hall of Fame back, you know, versus a Maybe mediocre quarterback, right? You can get, and the they could be a star.
1: I mean, we're not saying Darnold. Or they Rosen. could be stars,
0: right? They're just unknown. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and statistically, right now they're among the worst quarterbacks in the league, no doubt. Okay,
1: we're going to do a little quarterback talk when we come back. But first, I'm going to tell you about DraftKings. If you listened yesterday, it's the first time I told you about this. It's a new promotion we're doing. The whole Locked On Network with DraftKings. And go check out my Twitter feed, at WilliamsonNFL. I created a contest on DraftKings where you pick six dudes just for tomorrow's game. And it only costs you three bucks to get in. And I'll tell you about the promo codes and stuff like that to make your life even easier. But you can compete against me and other listeners where five of, I think, 30 that I opened it up for will win money in this. So it's only for tomorrow's game. That's a trend that's really buzzing in the DraftKings world and daily fantasy world. I might do another one for the two Saturday games that we compete. We'll see how this first one goes, but I think I'll probably set that up. So, so you know, I was going to tell you a little bit about DraftKings, too. They're, they've been phenomenal for me. So, they're the leader in one-week fantasy sports. And how huge are they? We're talking over a half a million dollars in total prizes. One and a half million dollars. 1.5. In one-week fantasy at DraftKings, you choose when to play. Draft a new team every week with no season-long commitment. So if your fantasy team's done, but you don't want to be done, go to DraftKings and give it a shot. You are the GM. You just choose your players. Stay under the salary cap. See how your team stacks up against the competition. No matter what your skill level is, there's a contest waiting for you. So if you're a beginner, or if you're an expert, whatever, you can compete against other people the same skill level. If you've been thinking about trying one-week fantasy football, now is absolutely the time to do it. Nothing makes Football Sunday more exciting than when you have DraftKings lineups in. On the line, and you can play for free with your first deposit to compete for your share of over $1.5 million in total prizes. So, a minimum of five bucks is required. I think all of you can fork out five bucks. There are some eligibility restrictions applied. You'll see DraftKings.com for those details. But here's what you do go to DraftKings.com or download the app, use our code LOCKEDON, all one word, all caps, to enter the contest for free this weekend. With your first deposit and compete for your share of over one and a half million dollars in total prizes. That's code locked on, all one word, all caps, only at DraftKings. The game inside the game. And again, check out the uh, the contest I have set up at my Twitter account at Williamson NFL. All right, let's keep talking quarterbacks, Mr. Sando. And I think what's interesting, first of all, big picture, the NFC. I think most of us thought was Loaded with powerhouse playoff teams before the season started. And Green Bay, Atlanta, Philadelphia haven't held up their end of the bargain. But if we look at the six teams that are slated to go, and I'm probably jumping the gun saying the Vikes are in. I mean, they could certainly screw it up, and they're only 500 right now. I find it very interesting of those six teams... There's only two quarterbacks I trust. And of course that's Drew Brees and it's Russell Wilson.
0: Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I trust Russell a little less after that pass he threw at the end of the first half. What was that against <laughs> Minnesota? Just when you think Russell's got it all figured out, it's like, what was that? What was but, that? Uh, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's a huge factor. It's a, it's a huge comforting factor. Absolutely.
1: I mean, to me, that really gives the Saints the leg up. I mean, of course, there's many other aspects, but pressure on the line. I mean, this is quarterback time of the year. Like, I didn't like at all what I saw from Goff in Chicago. I didn't like what I saw from Trubisky in Chicago, but it didn't shock me what I saw from Trubisky. Goff, at least, is not going to have to go on the road in the cold this year, but he might next year or whatever. I mean, he might have to go to New Orleans, but... I I have some concerns
0: with him. I do. So, my my, you know, Goff is sort of the poster boy for what um, the league has become offensively, which is really productive on early downs. You yeah, know, and he's right. not the only one. He's, he's not the only one. But overall in the NFL, um, efficiency numbers and production numbers are down on third down. This year is the highest, I went back to 2001, this is the highest sack rate on third down that it's ever been. Okay. Um, So once you get quarterbacks into third down, defenses are still having some success. But but the problem is, these teams like the Rams are so good on early downs with the ability to make you play the run and then they pass, or make you play the pass and then they run, right? That's the whole thing that's going on now. They make it all look the same. Yeah, it's it's eleven personnel. It's sort of like it used to be. You know, we used to see teams doing this with uh, when you had two good tight ends, like you know, like uh, the Patriots did. Mm-hmm. You come out in two tight ends, and traditionally, twelve personnel. You know, you're thinking that's a first down grouping. Think of the old Denny Green on first down. There's one back in the backfield, two tight ends. You're you're going to play the run, you know? Right against that. Well. And, and Mike, real quick,
1: the, the Niners do it extremely well, and they're very unique because they do it out of twelve personnel with check as a fullback.
0: Yeah, and actually, in the and the Patriots still play a lot of twenty-one. Yeah, but they do. For the, and they, but but when they play twenty-one, they spread the field with it too. They motion guys out. So Sometimes what's happened, wide, I think, yeah. is offenses this year have gotten a leg up on early downs. Um, but when you play a really good defense, they can they can then sort of play the run and pass well enough that you don't have that huge advantage on early downs. That's what we saw Chicago do. If you get, my point is this, if you get most quarterbacks into third down, it's, a, it's a much tougher game. <laughs> it's not, you know, there's some who can still do it, but it's a losing, third down still is a losing proposition for offenses. And I think it especially, mm-hmm. you know, for someone like Goff who's still a younger quarterback, um, when he has it running downhill and they're ahead, um, it's awesome. I mean, you get to see his accuracy in combination with the play calling and combination with the weapons. They really look like hall of fame quarterbacks, but if you can get them into the third down or make them play in tough elements, like I think, I think the cold, you know, and one thing we haven't mentioned, I think Russell Wilson in the rain, you wouldn't think this cause he played in Seattle. Russell Wilson in the rain is not a great thing either. And it was rainy in the first half of that game. I think that's a factor. So keep that in mind when we're talking about him. But, um, you know, Trubisky on third down, Dak Prescott on third down, Kirk Cousins on third down, defensively you can solve them. Mm -hmm. So when I look at the NFC, it's like, okay, I think Drew Brees can still handle it, you know. Drew Brees is our best guy for handling third down in the NFC playoffs, right? No doubt. Um, And then those other guys, I think, you know, Wilson can be, but isn't always good at handling it. Um, Those other guys, boy, you get them in that situation, it's a tough game. Yeah. A couple of things to
1: take away there is you mentioned Wilson in the rain and maybe not everyone realizes that. And I think the area of the country you live in helps you. People probably talk about it more. So I'm sitting here yeah. thinking while you're talking, how's Drew Brees in the rain? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, the guy's played a million well, years uh, and, and we're not going to see it this yeah. year in the playoffs.
0: It's not great. Yeah. If, if they were, if, if they were going to be the five seed, then we're not talking about them the same way. You know, I right. think, I think them being at home is, you know, makes everything great for them. no, there's no team in the NFC that that can honestly feel confident going into New Orleans. No, I 100% agree. Especially So, yeah. But if New Orleans goes on the road, I mean, heck, New Orleans was a Super Bowl champ. They lost at 7-9 Seattle, you know, in the playoffs in 2010. So, that was the old Beast game. So, they're a totally different animal, you know, outside of the dome and I think they can still win. But it would be harder if they had to go in the elements.
1: Absolutely. It's funny, though, because just throughout his career, I don't know how he handles the elements because he hasn't had to. I mean, as great as he is, and he's an all-time great, I do think that's one thing if I was arguing against him versus a Brady or Rodgers or somebody like that, is dude doesn't have to deal with it. Um, You mentioned, speaking of elements, I like how you described Goff. And to me, at this point of his career, and this doesn't mean he stinks or he isn't going to be great, but he's a fair weather quarterback, like both figurative, figuratively and literally.
0: Yeah, yeah, just just meaning he looks great when things great are good. When things yeah. were good, and and when the weather's like, nice. Suddenly, <laughs>
1: and played in L.A. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, I did not. I thought, you know, I know one of his interceptions against the Bears was like a hail mary at the end of the half, but there was like three other plays that should have been picks. <laughs> you know, I mean, this was this was a little, a little bit disconcerting. If you're them, you just hope, Hey, let's get back. We're home. Let's roll the Eagles. They get a bad secondary and let's just act like that Chicago game never happened. You know? Right. Well, think about it in the off season behind closed doors. Yeah. Or, Cause yeah, I didn't exactly. like his
1: body language either. Like as soon as he'd get to the sidelines, he'd wrap himself up. Like he was in Antarctica and, um, you know, didn't look confident. It just did not look like he was in his element. And
0: the swagger was not there. Yeah, no,
1: not at all. Um, We're going to take one other quick break here, and then we're going to finish the show as we do every Thursday, just talking about the Thursday night game. A really good one, obviously, on the slate tonight. So I'll be back here in a moment. All right, Mike. I'm not going to burst everyone's bubble because I'm looking forward to tonight's game as much as anyone. Can't wait to dig in. I think we'll learn a lot about these teams. But I kind of feel like in the end... It doesn't matter that much, big picture, that I still think the Chiefs will end up with the one seed and the Chargers will be the five seed.
0: Well, so you think the Chiefs are going to win? So if the Chargers win this game and the Chiefs lose in Seattle? I I mean, that's possible. No, you're right. I just don't see the Chiefs losing two of three. I don't either in the big picture, but if they lose this one, it's way easier to do it. True. You know what I mean. I so mean, it is a big that, game. Don't get me wrong, but I think it's a big game because I think they could lose in Seattle. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I just, I feel like Seattle's a perfect a, team for them not to want to face. As amazing as Mahomes is, it has felt to me like he, you know, more of the burden shifted onto him. So it feels like he is tr- having to try harder, and you know, for them to win these games, it was a. I mean, he's running around. He's getting chased. He got hit by Baltimore. You know, mm-hmm. so um, he can still do it. He's spectacular. I mean, he's awesome. I love watching him. But you know, it starts getting a little bit of a steeper grade as you play the better teams, and and I feel like the margin for error for them is lower. Without Cream Hunt, I think they're already, they're not as hard to defend. And then mm-hmm. you, you notice uh, Tyreek Hill was banged up in the game, still made the amazing play, and you know, at the end of the game when Mahomes bought time. But if he's if he's eighty percent for, and you don't have Hunt, I think then it's just harder. You're running closer to the red line, to use like an automotive term. You know, you're just it's, it's harder on the quarterback to their margin for error to me is smaller than it's been. And if they lose at home to the Chargers, then I think we're asking, ooh, is this another one of those? You know, are people solving Andy Reid late in the year? You know, all that type of stuff. I think that's really, really well said. And you, you didn't mention Sammy Watkins
1: hasn't been there. And yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's substantial. He's a really good player. And I do think the Hunt loss is not, can't be minimalized. I mean, he's a really good all-around player. And it's just not the same with those plethora of backs back there.
0: And Mahomes he's is a – Yeah. He, he, can, he, can, he can catch a ball 30 yards downfield and score a touchdown that goes 80 yards. Oh, yeah. He did a lot as a rookie. How many backs can do that? True. Very true. You know, he's unique not a unique back, but he's one of these new breed of backs that makes your offense very dynamic. And and I I think a team like Seattle, with as much as they
1: run the ball, would be the last type of team they want to see. You know, kind of like Baltimore last week. That run defense is bad. I just don't know if the Chargers can take advantage of it tonight. I mean, it doesn't look like Gordon's going to play. It doesn't look like Eckler's going to play. I have
0: mixed feelings on tonight's game. It's a real test of my, this is the test of some real unanalytical narrative that I have where it's just sort of, Hey, is this, is this river's year? I feel, I feel like, like it rivers, is. It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I know that the Steelers were complicit in losing that game. That the, that was an amazing comeback. You know, they, they lost the game as much as the Chargers won it. Wouldn't we agree? Oh, I mean, for sure. And there were a couple of strange things that happened and right. But those are like the games that the Chargers have lost in the past, you know. I just Oh, absolutely. Rivers has the eye of the tiger this year. You know, I I just feel like I feel like his career is worthy of um, you know, some playoff success, they come back win the division. I just, I just think he's a Hall of Fame player, but some people will question that because they haven't had the postseason success as a team. And it feels to me like this year is sort of validating him it doesn't mean they're going to win in Kansas City. There's, it, it doesn't mean that. But if they do win it, I'm going to say that it does mean it. <laughs> yeah, I hear what you're saying. And I'm with you. Like, the big bad wolf
1: in New England isn't as big and bad as it's been. The number two dog in the conference, the Steelers, aren't as – are very vulnerable and can miss the playoffs. And, yeah, the Chiefs own them, and Andy Reid beats them every time. But they're starting to show kinks like we talked about. I feel like if Will, or if Rivers is going to get a crack, this could be a, the best chance of his career. And even if they lose this one, they likely go back to Pittsburgh or to Baltimore in round one. And I like their chances there. It's not like they have a great home field advantage anyway. And I don't know. I think they're the team that everybody doesn't want to play in the AFC.
0: Well, yes, I, I think you know when i look for what what do i want on my team if i'm going into the playoffs you know i want a good pass rush rotation and check. i want a good quarterback and i want a good quarterback check you both. know and I, and then then i would like to have some balance you know offensively too that would be a nice thing to be able to have you know a running game and i think they're they they have you know the issues for the chargers are they've got injuries at running back and if they get behind i don't know if their right tackle can protect that great you know th- mm-hmm. that's sort of where it's at but um, I do think they have some of the elements um, with the pass rush and the quarterback who's hot and can win in two minutes and all that um, to be a dangerous team that you don't want to play in the postseason.
1: And they beat the Steelers without Gordon. I mean, if they were to have a rematch or, you know, Gordon's not going to be out forever. I mean, so yes, yep. they have injuries at running back, but he
0: might be back next week. I mean, he should be there for the playoffs. And Yeah. And go ahead. Go ahead. How's well, that? I was going to say – and in this game tonight, I feel like the Char- the Chiefs are the team on fumes playing a really physical, tough playoff-type game, um, you know, that they had to gut out and barely won against Baltimore, and, and their quarterback took some big hits in the game, whereas I feel like the Chargers, yeah, they, they sort of didn't play great and barely beat Cincinnati, but I feel like they come into the game a little fresher. I don't disagree. I don't
1: disagree. Uh, I, I don't know who I think is going to win tonight, but I kind of like where the Chargers are, going forward in their quest for Lombardi than I do Kansas City, which is weird to say because Kansas City's been amazing this year.
0: Yep. Our little internal projection calculator says Chiefs are 90% chance to win um, the division, but that's assuming it also gives them a 63% chance of winning the game tonight. So that's obviously going to change from 90% if the Chargers can pull this off. No doubt. Dude, this was awesome. I could have talked to you for hours,
1: obviously. I mean, that first conversation we had about, you know, the Barkley thing was a great suggestion by you. That was a
0: lot of fun, and we could have kept going and going and going. But um, let's do it again next week. We will, and I've got 53% of my battery, so, you know, I may watch a a movie or something (laughs) without power.
1: Good stuff, brother. Thanks again. (laughs) We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys.